0: Good morning. Uh, lovely to see everybody here. You've obviously got your clocks uh, sorted last night, um, or maybe uh, you didn't, and it was a mad rush um, this morning. But uh, you're very welcome here as we gather um, and today. What is designated as Mothering Sunday? Uh, a Sunday whenever we celebrate significant ladies in our lives um, and the lives that they, uh, the impact that they have had uh, on us. Um, but we also celebrate that concept of Mother Church. Um, the idea and the concept that God is with us, God is amongst us, and we, his people, gather uh, as a community to bear witness and to worship him. Um, our scripture, uh, as we open today, comes from John chapter 3 um, and verse uh, 31. It says, the, Jesus says, The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is, uh, who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, and no one accepts his testimony. The man who has accepted it is certified that God is truthful. For the one whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives the Spirit without limit. God gives his Spirit without limit. That's an amazing little verse. Uh, Immeasurable as we come to worship him this morning. Um, More than we can ever imagine. And so traditionally, today is a time to celebrate our mother church, those people and places which have returned, nurtured our faith. But we also are conscious that today comes with painful associations with motherhood for some, maybe feelings of inadequacy or indeed of loss. But we also come with the knowledge and the promise that today, in Christ, we are given both comfort and family as we gather as his community. We've come together to give thanks for all those people who have nurtured us and for ourselves to nurture us and for other people with the help of god we've also come to acknowledge the pain of a hurting world and we'll take our time to pray for that hurting world later in our service we'll take time to confess whenever we haven't nurtured each other in the way in which we should have we'll also come again to receive from the god who is without limit his compassion and his mercy flows to each one of us today let's pray as we begin Father God, as we've gathered in this place, united with one purpose to bring you praise and adoration today, we know that you alone are worthy of our praise. And so, Lord, as we come in song, in word, as we open your scriptures, as we pray together, as we receive from you the God who is without limit, we pray that we would leave transformed and renewed and refreshed by you and carry your hope and your light from this place into the world around us in your name we pray amen and today we're going to uh, do our bible reading a little bit differently um, the we start a new series today looking at the stories of easter and uh, taking a different character in the easter story uh, all the way through um, to easter sunday and uh, indeed the sunday after that as well um, today we're focusing on mary the mother of jesus Uh, And we're going to use the Canticle Magnificat, which is the Song of Mary found in Luke, uh, chapter 1, as our reading today. Uh, And so we're going to say this um, together, um, uh, all together, not by alternate verse. So effectively we're going to read the reading all together um, today. So hopefully it'll come on the screen. Yeah, so we'll say, and Mary said. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich empty away. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is uh, the start of a new series. We finished off the Revelation uh, one uh, last week. Um, and today we begin to look into the stories of Easter. Um, the stories are always created around people. You never really hear a story that doesn't have a character in it or a person in it. Um, normally there is, quite often, it's hard to have a story that doesn't have a character in it. Even if you're telling a story about a house that fell down, you'll tell the story that the builder may not have built the house. Very well, and that's why it fell down. You're telling the story about whatever it might be. There's always going to be a central character around the plot. That's what makes a good novel, makes a good movie. It makes a good story. And often if we tell stories, we don't say, here, let me tell you this story about a church. We normally say, let me tell you this story about James, or let me tell you a story about... There's normally a person involved in the story. And Easter is no different. The central character of the Easter story is obviously Jesus his life, his death, and his resurrection. But each of these uh, number of Sundays, and all uh, through Holy Week as well, we're going to look at these different characters uh, from the story of Easter. Uh, today, we look at Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, um, on this Mothering Sunday. Um, Mary is a character that sometimes, in the more Reformed tradition, we shy uh, away from. Uh, we tend to um, to think that's uh, someone who um, the Catholic Church would hold up and who would exonerate, and therefore, in our reform tradition, we kind of we don't really talk about Mary a lot, uh, and maybe that's a, a Northern Irish context uh, as well, uh, where there's that little bit of fear uh, about how we do that, and sometimes we don't do that because we we don't want to move into that territory of uh, lifting Mary so high as being the mother of God, that we missed the point that her purpose was to be the mother of Jesus, to bring the long-awaited Messiah into the world so the plan of God could unfold uh, before us. And so Mary's story is not just prominent in the Easter story, uh, it's really prominent in the Christmas story. Uh, It's a big part of what we do at Christmas, uh, whenever we Uh, set out our nativity sets whenever we uh, talk about Mary riding uh, on a donkey um, to uh, Bethlehem. So today we're going to look at three different uh, aspects of Mary uh, very quickly. We're going to look at who she was or who she is, uh, her character. We're going to look at what did she leave behind, her legacy. Uh, We're going to look at how her story impacts our lives, her influence, her impact for us. So let's put it in context. Mary is, uh, has a very, very special role uh, in this unfolding story uh, of God's plan. Theokos, she is the mother of God. Theokos, the God-bearer, actually, is the more literal translation of that Greek word. Mary gave birth to the Savior. Therefore, she by virtue, she is the mother of Jesus. Now, if Jesus is God and then Mary is the mother of God... Sometimes it's at that point that we stray into this adoration, this exoneration of her. But this Mary's song in Luke chapter 1 shows us very clearly that she knew her purpose and her role in this unfolding story. Her role was to magnify Jesus. It was more of him and less of her. That's why we declare that God is eternal. He has always been. He stepped into time as a baby, but yet he was before time. He's not a created being. Scripture is clear in that we can see those in the book of Jude, a very small book just before Revelation, and we can see it in Philippians as well. We can see that God is eternal. He is before time. And he is sovereign in the midst of all of that. And so we hold that in our heads as we look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. So who was she? Well, Mary was probably about 13 whenever um, she gave birth to Jesus. Um, She was a virgin. She was betrothed to Joseph, who was, historically speaking, a much older man. They appear to have led very simple lives, in an obscure village in Galilee, hidden away from the world. That's why whenever you hear uh, Mary being met with the angel Gabriel, she's astonished, she's surprised, she's taken aback that the angel would come and visit her and say, you're going to be the one who bears the Messiah. But actually, her response to the angel Gabriel Reveals a woman of unusual faith and humility. I know we're straying into the Christmas story at this point, but we need to encompass all of who Mary was to get the purpose of her character and what she leaves for us today. Whenever she was confronted with this angel, she asked only one question How can this be since I am a virgin? How am I going to bear a child if I am a virgin? And it's in that is one of the most natural questions for her to have asked. Now, she could have asked lots of other questions that reveal other parts of her character. What will Joseph think? What are the other people in this obscure little village of Galilee going to say? What about the shame and the disgrace that this may bring on me? But she didn't. She said, how can this be? Because I am a virgin. And in that question, she is evoking the eternal answer that God has chosen her to bear the Messiah. And in evoking that question, she is evoking the moment of the eternal God stepping into her present situation so that she is sure and certain of what her purpose is. Her character was one of faith and humility and obedience. We don't record anywhere where it says that Mary said, hold on a minute here, angel. I don't think I want to do that. Oh, sorry, Gabriel. Maybe you should have went to Jerusalem. It's a much bigger town and you'll find much, much more adequate people in that place who might be able to do this for you. Oh, but hold on. Gabriel, I'm not even married. she go and find somebody else and that will fit the plan better. No. Once she had established that she was chosen by God, she established that what her purpose was, she was obedient in it, in her humility she accepted it, and by faith she stepped out into it. So with that in mind, what did she leave behind? What is her legacy? The fact that she found favor in God's sight shows us that nothing is impossible with God. And actually, that little phrase, nothing is impossible with God, that, it's from that passage in Luke where we get that little phrase, nothing is impossible with God. Mary, that's why even though you're a virgin, you will bear a child. Nothing is impossible with God. He can step into each and every situation that we are involved in. And often it's how we respond to that. Respond in in humility, in we respond in obedience, in humility, in faith. Because if we respond in obedience and humility and faith, then our purpose rises within us. Our purpose is nurtured within us, as we've talked about before. It begins to grow. It begins to blossom. We begin to take on why we are here, what our purpose is in this unfolding plan of God. As I said before, we don't see the big picture of God's plan. Often we're given the one little piece of a jigsaw. And we can't see the whole picture. All we can see is our little piece. And we wonder how... On Earth, does that fit in to the big picture? I don't know about you, but have you ever tried to do? Have you ever tried to do a jigsaw with, like, say, a thousand pieces in it, or three thousand pieces in it? Jigsaw with twenty pieces in it? Ah, okay. Um, that's looking more realistic. Um, have you ever tried to do a big jigsaw and you get to the very end of it and there's one or two pieces not there? You just look at it and you go, ah. Oh! Poor they I've lost them. They're missing. They're not there. The picture doesn't look right without it. Well, from the story of Mary, we know, we see that she accepted her little piece of the jigsaw, unknowing of the full picture. But without Mary's little piece of the jigsaw, what would the big picture of Easter really have looked like? So even though you may feel that God has given you a small piece of a picture to fulfill on a purpose, don't despair because that piece is for you and only you can do it. And only you and your piece completes the big picture. She was loyal. I mean, through the pages of the scriptures we see that she followed Jesus. There is that moment where he's kind of rebuked in his own town and Mary and some of his other brothers are a little bit, what's he playing at? But we see through the scriptures that she cared for him, she nurtured him. We see that she released him um, into his purpose for coming. We'll look at that a little bit later. She was at the healings. she was at the cross, she was in the upper room, She's at the tomb. She was given a purpose by God and her faith and humility and obedience and loyalty became this purpose-filled life that we can celebrate and learn from today. She magnified the Lord. Luke chapter 1, verse 46, and Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. In other versions it says, Magnifies the Lord. If we magnify something, we make it bigger, don't we? We can do that either with our voices or we can do that with our eyes. But either way, we're making ourselves louder or we're making the picture bigger. And that's what Mary encourages us to do. To magnify the Lord. Less of us and more of Jesus, which is actually the first after I stopped. Whenever I opened the service today, and saying that God was without limit. Later on in that chapter, that's what it says: more of Him and less of us. Mary was given a purpose, and she magnified the Lord in it, not herself. And in this song, you can almost imagine that moment that this Mary song in Luke chapter one comes uh, after the angel has visited her, and she visits her cousin Elizabeth. Uh, and Elizabeth has John in her womb, and John leaps because he meets the Messiah in Mary's womb. Uh, there's a moment, there's a connection there, um, and then Mary starts into the song. How many people come into your house and then just start singing? You must try that. They're from allowed out visiting again into homes. Just walk into the house, sit down, start singing. Uh, No, I won't inflict that um, on you. But we sing, don't we? (laughs) Whenever we're on our own, you might catch yourself singing whenever we're doing the gardening or in the shower or pottering about the house. We sing whenever there's a moment of something happening within us. It's almost something overflowing out of us that we can't hold in. And it's that moment that Mary finds herself singing this song where she magnifies the Lord. Her spirit rejoices in God, her Savior. Then she goes on to describe how faithful God has been in the past and how she plays her part in that. I wonder, does your soul bubble out to that point of singing, of overflowing because of what you believe the Lord has for you? Because he has a peace for each one of us. Make no mistake about it. So who she was, her legacy, her impact, what does she leave behind for us to learn from? Well, she was a young girl of 13. She had to deal with the shame of pregnancy in a culture which scorned it. At the approximate age of 46, she's watched her son die a humiliating death on a cross. I'm sure there are times whenever she was gripped by fear, startled by confusion, or was engulfed by darkness. But in the, all of those moments, I can almost imagine her recalling that song that she sung in Elizabeth's house. Even in the darkness, even in the confusion, her soul would magnify the Lord that God had a purpose for this. In her humility, her faith, her obedience, her will to God, the call of God in her life, her obedience to the will of God, has left the world a changed place forever. For a Savior King came as a humble human baby. So that he could take on all of the human frailties, Meaning that one day he too would carry the weight of sin upon his shoulders. If Mary had not been faithful, humble, obedient, how would this plan have unfolded? Her faith encouraged the first miracle. That's what I was hinting at a little bit earlier. You read that in John chapter 2. Jesus' first miracle was never turned water into wine. Remember, he had shown none of his miraculous powers before this. But yet, whenever at this wedding banquet, whenever the the wine runs out, Mary says, go and get the jars and bring them to him. He can do something about it. She didn't, nobody had seen any of this before. I think sometimes in the familiarity of that first miracle, we miss that. We miss the fact that nobody had seen Jesus do a miracle before. But the faith-filled Mary steps forward and says, the Messiah is here. Everybody, meet Jesus. This is his time. She invites Jesus into the situation, even before everybody else has a clue what Jesus can do about the situation. And actually, as a church, as a community of faith, that's what we're called to do. We're called to invite Jesus into the situation even before the people around us know what he can do in the situation. Her humility took on the shame of a virgin birth. Her obedience saw the unfolding plan of a long-awaited Savior. We can learn a lot from her. Do you know... God may be asking you to do something that seems utterly absurd. absurd. He may be showing you his plan for your life, for your jigsaw piece. If he's spoken, then step out in faith. Mary valued her commitment to God over the values, over other people's opinions. She valued her commitment to God over other people's opinions. But I don't know about you, but speaking personally, sometimes I've allowed other people's opinions to hold me back from the commitment that I believe God has called me to. And it's with shame that I say that. And each day I try in my humanity to step over that hurdle so that God may be magnified in my life and in those around us. Mary trusted the Saviour. She wept at his death. She rejoiced at his resurrection. Can you do that? Can you weep at his death and rejoice at his resurrection? Because it's in that moment that we know that Jesus has set us free. That's the story of Easter. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are present with us, holy and perfect and eternal. In this moment, as we learn from your scriptures, help us to magnify you, to step out in our commitment for you in the knowledge that you have a purpose for each one of us. Help us to see it, to know it, to believe it. And by your grace, to fulfill it in Jesus name amen amen and um, so we pray as we close great god your one god father son and holy spirit bring together what is scattered and you mend what is broken unite us with the scattered peoples of the earth that we may be one family your church bind up our wounds He listens, Spirit, that we may be renewed as disciples of Jesus, our Master and our Saviour. And so may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon each one of us this day and forevermore. Amen. Amen.